Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's Interview Podcast. Our guest this week, February 15th, 2010, is the legendary comic actor, veteran, and just a scream, Dale Benson. Hello, Dale. Hello there. Dale, tell us about Noises Off. Noises Off. My goodness. Well, everyone seems to claim that it's the funniest fart farce that has ever been written. Now, um, that's quite a statement to make. But when I originally saw it on tour back in the early 80s, my wife and I were sitting in the balcony at the Schubert, and you know, it was truthfully, I was in stitches. This is sincere truth. I laughed and laughed. And everyone seems to tell me that they do the same thing when they see it. Yeah, it true. was made into a film with Carol Burnett, and um, it, uh, it is equally, it's beautifully done on film. But film doesn't make you laugh the way it does on a stage live. And it's full of nothing but confusion. Yeah, give us the premise. It's a, it's a group of actors that have been on tour, right? And it, so it's kind of a, back, it's a backstage uh, uh, comedy. Yes. And they... They're finally kind of at each other's throats. They're, everything aggravates them because they've been <laughs> together too long. This is so true. And the director is at his wit's end trying to keep them in harmony. But it's total chaos. And it starts out where they're on stage at this one theater uh, in England. They're doing the play and they're stopping and starting. And then the first act is we're on stage. It's in three acts. The second act, it shows the backstage in front of you, the formal audience, with the play that's going on facing upstage. And it's all of the shenanigans that occur when the actors walk off stage from the performance to the backstage. And we see all of the carryings on. It's just... It's such a clever premise. It is. Yeah. It's very clever. Yeah. And then uh, the third act, they're back on stage and they're performing the last act of this play called Nothing On, which is the play they are rehearsing and performing. It's really hilarious. I play a burglar and... Oh, there's Marilyn Bogatich is playing the role that Carol Burnett played. And also I should add that Patricia Rutledge, that marvelous English actress, played it uh, oh, back in the 80s when she was much younger. And she's the one who does Keeping Up Appearances, which I'm sure many people have seen oh, sure. on WTTW Channel 11 and 20. Yes, fantastic. And we have some wonderful, uh, wonderful leading man, Jeff Cummings. There's just a great cast. Yeah, Will Klinger's another. Yes, yeah. Will Klinger. Yeah. He's currently got a Netflix commercial going. Yeah, well, we remember him from Wild Chicago on, yes. uh, on PBS. Yes, he's playing the director, Lloyd. So you play that. You play this uh, this this uh, older actor, this drunken guy, yes. right? 
yes, he's uh, a little bit hard of hearing. He likes to tipple now and then, and he takes naps. So in the midst of all this confusion where he has to come on and rehearse, he's not only sleepy, he can't hear, and he gets thirsty. So you can imagine all the confusion that goes on with that. Yeah, and he kind of hides the bottles around, right? Yes, and they hide it from him, trying to yeah. keep him sober. And isn't the, the stage manager, one of his chores is to make sure that uh, he doesn't pass out before the show starts? <laughs> yes. Yes, everyone has a hand in it. It's really, And they're running around like uh, chickens with their heads. Well, I've seen the show twice, and both times uh, I was in tears. Mm-hmm. And and I and I'm one of those internally. I'm not a hee haw, loud laughter, but I but I my stomach hurt at the end of it. It was so funny. Yeah. And I can just imagine with this dream cast of comic actors and with Bill Plincy directing, uh, it, it's got to be a hoot. I can't wait to get out there to see it. It opens on the 21st of November. I mean, yeah, February. Coming well, up. I think the first preview yeah. actually okay. is the 18th. The 18th, okay. Yes. And they, they want to have have you guys do a few before we come out, right? Correct. <laughs> so tell us the process now of of uh, rehearsing a, a comedy. I mean, comedies are so much about timing, not only verbally, but in a farce, the door slamming and the, and the physicality, which is a lot in this show. So tell us about the process of, of uh, getting getting all that down. Well, um, of course, we all start out. Um, we first initially read the play generally aloud, and then we just get up on our feet and start moving. And um, a lot of the actors are very gifted to laugh within the process. And once the actors start laughing at each other, well, it just everyone on to want to be silly and lighthearted and that's you sort of have to take it in that direction as serious as the process is you have to think funny and lighthearted yeah but now eventually though you have to get it blocked down to to doing pretty much this as much as you can say pretty much doing the same thing at the same time to oh, get yeah. that laugh right Yes, and consistency is is vital, and concentrating is essential, because uh, especially in the second act with all that confusion, that that took the longest to put together, timing everything with the words that are going on the on within the play within the play. I mean. It, it took four days just to block in time act two. Wow. So it's tricky. Yeah, that, that is tricky. And I think Bill Valencia, the director, did say, and he's been laughing as well at everything, he said, I think we're going to wear the audience out before the first act is over. So wow. that's from the horse's mouth. Well, and... and- uh, how uh, tell us about Bill as a director? Because I've heard that that he he gets everybody on the same page, and he certainly has a concept. But to a certain extent, he kind of gets out of the way and, well, and lets his actors kind of do their thing. Well, he does give you freedom. Okay. Uh, he, 
I've worked with him for, oh, gosh, 30 years. I know the way he works. He's exceptional at casting. Right. Yeah, he I casts agree. people to fit the role, and, and then that takes a lot of the work out of it for him. He gives people uh, credit for what he feels they can do, and they work out the problems. But he is marvelous at the blocking. He makes it easy for the actors to get into it because he positions them well, and he creates good visual pictures for the audience so that everyone can see the action going on. And, you know, that sounds like a small thing, but that is very important. I see shows where I say, who who blocked this thing? You know, like everyone's, you can't see who's doing what, and, and it, it just adds to to the to uh, avoidable confusion. Yes, that's very true. He spends hours before the first rehearsal just making sure that the blocking works for the action and that everyone can be seen by everyone at the right time. He's excellent that way. Yeah, and uh, and I agree with you that casting is, is so important. Uh, it it makes a, a director's job a lot easier. Oh, I'll say. And he's open to letting you you guys um, do ex- try things, experiment. Is that correct? Yes, yes, he gives you freedom. And he he's anxious to, he's great into pace, too. He'll say, this is too slow, it's dragging here. Come on, pep it up, and that's that's very important in farce. Uh, oh, absolutely! The, the time he's got to be on. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of actors have told me that doing farce, or doing comedy in general, and doing farce in particular, is is one of the hardest things there is to do on stage. Yes, it's a little more exaggerated. Um, it starts off kind of the action might start off kind of oh, slowish normal and suddenly panic strikes in and then you start getting worked up and then it 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 just goes it takes off and uh, anything that's nonsensical just seems to become bigger than life and then suddenly you know what you're laughing without realizing it yeah I've done a lot of farces, especially at Bill's old theater, the Candlelight Forum. Yeah. They're fun. Well, just the, let me just get a, the last plug in before we move on to your illustrious career. Noise is off at, at the theater at the center in Munster, Indiana. Folks, the, they've, the production values of these shows have been tremendous, particularly since Bill Polinsky took over there. And I just can't wait for this show. Just what we need with all the snowstorms and all this craziness going on in the world is a is an evening of belly laughter and, and noises off, I'm sure, will be there. Yes, that's what we're hoping. Well, uh, we'll talk a little about your background. You've been doing comedy for a long time, and, and let me give you a little anecdote that Noreen Heron told me about. There was two people when she used to answer the phone at Candlelight. They would call, and they'd either say, uh, I want to get a ticket to the Lee Pelty show. Or they would say, give me a ticket to the Dale Benson comedy. Is that true? That yeah, is true. And I've heard that. Bill told me that. Uh, and uh, Noreen told me that. And 
Eileen Lacario told me that. No, oh my. So that's three sources. So that's you know, as a journalist, I guess that means means it's accurate. Isn't that fantastic? Yes, it is. I, I have do you ever know, heard that? Uh, Lee Pelty. He just passed away. Yes, he did. Lee was a great man. Yeah. Yes, and I do know he was very, very popular. But it's nice to hear. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, I mean, you were associated with the comedies, and he was associated as the leading man. Yes. Yeah. But um, tell us how you got started in theater and how you ended up having this, this, this knack for comedy. Well, I didn't really know that I would end up being a comedian. I originally uh, thought at the age of seven that I wanted to be on the stage, and uh, I pursued it uh, through school. And after I got out of the Air Force, I attended the Goodman Theater at the Art Institute of Chicago, and I graduated from there on the GI Bill of Rights and immediately entered the union. And I, I wanted originally to just do serious drama and Shakespeare, but I got my first contract at a comedy playhouse, which is defunct now, called Shady Lane Farm out in Marengo, Illinois. I do remember Shady Lane, yes. Yes, it was a beautiful bucolic mm-hmm. place. Had a great restaurant. Well, I worked there. I ended up working with a director, and I heard people laughing in these comedies I was cast in, and I loved it. It just fed my soul. I loved to hear people laugh. It made me feel good, and it took off from there. I just thought, gosh, making people laugh is great fun. So it seems like that's how it happened. Hmm. And then, of course, the the better you get at it, the more you get cast in these shows. Uh, because, you know, if you're looking for a comic, why not? I'm sure Bill, when, when, he, when he did Noises Off or even considered it, he saw that role. I'm, your name, I'm sure your name was right in his mind. Well, uh, apparently. <laughs> so, yes. But why is it so many kids come out of school and they all everybody wants to be the serious Shakespearean actor and so many of them end up you know being a song and dance person or or uh, being a comic like yourself? Yes, well, I know um, musicals have been very very popular on American and English life now for uh, two or three decades, and so um, they. That seems to be where so much of the work is. They don't do plays and comedies on Broadway the way they did the whole way back starting in the 20s, 30s. And yeah, 40s. that's true. It's almost all big spectacles now. Yes, yeah. and, and to, um, for a young person coming in to sing and dance, they call them triple threats. It's, you get more work if you're able to sing, dance, act. You know, do all of it. Well, but but you've gotten your share of uh, musicals. Oh yes, I did. Oh golly, forty-five or fifty musicals at the Old Candlelight, and I've done three or four here. But I don't uh, have the vocal power for singing the way I did years ago. So um, now it's just fun to speak and. Not sing so much. <laughs> Leave that up to the uh, 
new people coming along. Yeah, let let the kids do the belting. Huh? Yes. <laughs> Tell us some of the the uh, roles you're proudest of. Uh, well, speaking of musicals, mm-hmm. and I I do put this even in my bios. I have done Showboat three times, and I I love that. There's something about that musical. Oh, I love it too. Yes, the mu- I love playing Captain Andy. But uh, there are many other roles that I did do, which uh, oh, there's too many to name. How about Ruthless? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness, Ruthless. And Look. Little Me are two that come to the, that come to mind to, to my mind right away. Yes, Ruth. A Little Me was. Uh, and is a terrific musical, Neil Simon's words. And I played nine different characters in that at that time in my life. And I was fortunate enough to be given a a Jeff Award for that. That was back in, golly, 1992. So in some respects, I was I've been nominated for a Jeff Award eight times in my life, and I won once out of that. But since I played nine characters in Little Me and won a Jeff, I like to say I've won nine Jeff Awards. <laughs> <laughs> they can't deny that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I remember you in, in in some of the some of the zany roles, Moon Over Buffalo. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, and and recently, a, a Wonderful Life. You you just broke the house out down. Several oh, that times was that. great fun. Yeah, Wonderful Life with uh, oh a great cast. Rob Thomas played yeah. the Jimmy Stewart role. Yeah, that 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 was a a terrific. That's an example, as I told Bill, uh, kind of a mediocre musical. You know, but. The cast and the casting and the and the acting, you guys made that that into a major show. Yes, and now I understand there is a new uh, version of it, a musical version of it has been written, and uh, I think it's called um, uh, the name of the town. Um, the name escapes me yeah, right now, uh, but I think they've given that the name of it. Oh, that that well, I'm sure somebody will do it, but I'm sure Bill will take a look at it. Yes, I saw it advertised in a theater magazine. Oh, okay, just the other day. And I remember you in some Shakespeare. First of all, I remember you in in Flea and Your with Gary Griffin, that major production that Shakespeare did a few years ago, where all the classical actors got a chance to do comedy yes, with you. Would you believe on the main stage? The gar- um, I think it's called the Garden Stage at Chicago Shakespeare on Navy Pier. Oh, that was great fun. Yeah, it, it, it was one of the, that again, is, I think that and Noises Off are probably the two best uh, comedy shows of all times. Yeah, they're Fleener or Fado. I've done several yes. Fado farces. Yeah, that Fado. was a new adapta- adaptation by a name, man named Ives. Yes. That went over very well. And I know you were honored among the other great Chicago actors when uh, Barbara Gaines took all you guys to Stratford-on-Avon in England for the the, the Henry uh, Part 1 and Part 2 yes. as part of that big Shakespeare festival. Oh, that was just one of the highlights of my career. And, you know, it was such a great honor. I, I, I give kudos to her for 
taking all of you guys who helped her build the theater out there. Yeah. Even if you had small roles, you got a chance to, you know, to go there to be honored and to be seen in in London. Yes. And I I I'll tell you a little just a tidbit. We we received standing ovations from the English audiences on the Stratford stage. And I do remember one critic with the uh, one of the London papers. He said the way we spoke was what he felt the English language must have sounded in Shakespeare's time. Wow. And this was Barbara Gaines' concept of speaking the way we do speak here in Chicago. Yeah, and that that makes the clarity of Shakespeare. Yeah. It makes the words stand. That and and that you guys all understand the method, uh, the folio method. Yeah. And so you understand what you're not just speaking words. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, and, that's quite. I didn't know that. And it was there that Mike Nussbaum and I were uh, played together, and uh, we were given special. Um, notation from those critics at the time and that was nice to know because no one knew who we were and to single us out that way was just a kadoo that you know i just i was overwhelmed by so loved it wow that that was terrific well let me ask you this now uh, and i this is a standard question i try and ask everybody is uh, what are some of the roles that you would love to play that have that you haven't played? Well, there were a few. It's maybe silly to even mention, but there were roles when I was younger I didn't get to play that I wanted to play badly. Okay, what are the, some of those? Well, there was a young brother in the Rainmaker, and there was Ensign Pulver in South Pacific. Mm. It, of course, you can't do them all, <laughs> yeah. you know. And not all of the theaters are doing the roles that you think you might like to play. But I did do one role when I was younger from a play called Avanti that they ended up making a film of. Of course, Hollywood didn't do the play. They changed it completely. But I played a young Italian in that. And I was working with the late actor Donald Woods at that time, at the, in the Goodman Repertory Company, and he knew Wilder, who directed it, and wrote to him when they were just starting and introduced me and said, this young man should play Baldessare Punt. I had done it on stage with Peggy Ann Garner, uh, an actress who's departed us now, and a television actor at the time called Anthony Isley. I wanted to do that film, but, uh, well, it didn't work out that way. But uh, I was almost, uh, this is just a sidebar, I say I'm the man who made Warren Oates a star. Oh, tell us. Warren Oates, uh, bless him, is departed us, but he played the original Dillinger movie, and I was cast to be Dillinger, but circumstances at the time prevented me from uh, signing the contract because I was in an equity show at that time that had just opened, and it was big business. 
didn't have an understudy. They wouldn't let me out for the filming. And so I had to let it go. He said, well, I'll send it to New York. They found a young actor who was unknown, and it was Warren Oates. So you never know the path you're going to take. Yeah, that that, that is so true. I have another uh, uh, tidbit that, that I want to ask you about that I was told, that in all your years, there's only one performance you missed and that you were given permission to miss it to yes. receive an award. Tell us about this that. This is true. Uh, um, I, I, I'm in my just past my 50th year on stage. Wow. I've been fortunate enough, knock on wood, to be gainfully employed all of those years. I never missed a performance. This is true, and I hope I never do. But one performance I was contracted to miss, I was doing the play Lend Me a Tenor at the Forum Theater that uh, Bill Polinsky had. And I was to receive an alumni award from DePaul University, and that's why I contracted that performance. Wow, that is amazing. So you must have done quite a few when you, you were sick with colds or Well, I did have or... some colds now. Yeah. I remember I had a very bad cold when I was playing President Roosevelt in Annie, the musical, the last weekend of the run. We had a seven-week run. My voice was not what it should have been, and I feel sorry for the paying public, but I went through with it. So, well, what is it about your generation of actors? I mean, Mike Nussbaum has the same reputation, and Tony Marcus. And, yes, and, those great yeah, guys. You know, uh, and, and uh, I know Lee Pelty for many years. Yes. The, the, no matter what, you guys never missed. Well... I think it's it's the dedication. You know, you're you're grateful that you're doing love you're doing something you love to do. But part of mine was uh, goes back to my childhood. Uh, my mother had a fabulous mother, and she would never allow me to be ill. If I got a cold or something, she would nurse me with lemon juice and honey, wrap my face with Vicks and a wool scarf. And she'd say, don't think you're going to be ill, Dale. You're going to school. And I never missed a day of school in my life either. Wow. So There's something to that, to that ethic, yeah. Yes, and it just gave me this sense of dedication. And people are depending on you. And you've got to, you have obligations and duties to perform. And it's just part of life, I think. Yeah, well, it, it's it's part of an ethic of a generation that uh, this current generation uh, would be well served to adapt that. I know a lot of the young actors have they they see the model that that you've set and and others and and they they because they've told me they says I want to be like that guy. Says, it's it's incredible. He gets along with everybody, learns his part, never makes trouble, and just just entertains the heck out of everybody. <laughs> That's not a bad uh, epitaph, is no, it? No, I think it's a good way to live. So la the last question I have for you is, give me a couple of roles that, I mean, absolutely you are just so proud of. Oh, my goodness. I know, I, I know it's a tough question because you've done so many great roles. Yes, I, I am exceptionally proud of when I played 
Dr. Watson, to opposite a wonderful actor named Ned Schmidtke, playing Sherlock Holmes in a production of called Sherlock's Last Case. Um, I just love doing that. There was just something there. It's written. It's just a beautiful piece. It wasn't written by Conan Doyle. It was an adaptation from mm-hmm. the characters. Yeah, I saw it. Not not that not the production you were in, but I, I, I have seen that. It is a terrific yeah. piece. Uh, it was, uh, yes, I saw it very well done at uh, Ever, no, no, at uh, Oak Brook. At Oak Brook, right. With uh, the marvelous John Rieger. Yeah, John Rieger, yes. And uh, Mr. Lively. Mm-hmm. It was beautifully done. That's the one I saw. Mm -hmm. But uh, that one, yes, I'm very proud of that. And I think, I do think I'm proud of everything that I was fortunate enough to be cast in. I was grateful, and uh, I worked hard, and I'm proud of um, my career and, well, I'm you should you should be it. proud of it. Yeah, I mean, now, folks, when if you don't know who Dale Benson is, when you go see Noises Off, when he walks on stage, people just start laughing. Well, <laughs> they do even if you're not doing anything. Have you ever noticed that that they anticipate, and then of course you always deliver. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I hope your um, what do they say? Your prophecy is true. Yeah. Well, it 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 has been in, in the shows, uh, and I can see you you in, in playing this uh, this drunken burglar and this this old time actor who, who likes to nip. I mean, it's got to be fun role. Yeah, it's fun. You know, if uh, if you ever do see the film, Denholm Elliott plays Selston. I loved him, and he's marvelous in it. If I can do it as well as he did. I think I will have achieved something. So. Well, I, I, I think you have done that. And, and your body of work, uh, uh, all those years of bringing smiles to the faces of so many theater people. Uh, boy, if I ever was an actor, and I'm, I'm the world's where I could never be, but I would want to be a comic actor. Because I agree with you. I think making someone laugh is just so oh, cool. Oh, it's so rewarding. really is. And the audiences really do respond to you. <laughs> yes, I've met many who tell me that. It's uh, very gratifying. Yeah. Well, show, uh, folks, the show is Noises Off, and anything uh, that you see Dale Bunce's name on, go and see it, because not only is the guy a tremendous comic, but you have a good, real good sense of scripts. Uh, I, you, don't, uh, you don't go into shows that are marginal. You, you go for the top stuff, don't you? Well, I've been fortunate now. He has to be in some wonderful shows. Um, the mu- musicals I was in, um, three or four of them, I've repeated several times, and um, they're good musicals. I think this is true. Yeah, but you have a good sense of the of the script, which, and I'm sure at this point, uh, I would say you probably rarely audition. More than likely, they call you, don't they? Well, that I've been lucky that way, yes. Once in a while, I may uh, audition for someone who may not know me. But uh, the, uh, most of the people in 
this metropolitan area who direct do know me. So uh, if they think it's something I'm suited for, for I'll get a call. Yeah, and I know you still go out of town and work for Mark Robin, too. And you, yes. you did that Treasure Island, which I saw the version in, in uh, Beef and Boards in Indianapolis. That's going to be a, a great show. Yes, I, um, after we had done it in Lancaster, I did go see it at Beef and Boards because I loved it so much doing it. Yeah. And, uh, oh, it was a wonderful We've got to talk that up around Chicago. We've got to get somebody to pick it up here. It'd I think nice. it would do really well here. Yes, Mark Robin, very talented. Yeah, he's a good man. Well, Dale, thank you so much. This has been great. And, uh, folks, get out to see Noises Off because I think you'll get a few laughs. And in this day and age, in this cold winter, we sure need laughs like that. Thank yeah, you, okay. Dale, so much. And, folks, go see a play this week. Thank you.